Morning, everyone. Um, so, as Matt said, I'm GX. I am a part of this company of believers called Jubilee, uh, believers in Jesus. And um, I'm not a pastor or a minister or a theology person or whatever. I'm just a brother uh, in Christ. And I'm glad to be able to just share some stuff from the Word of God this morning. So, we have a real prospect uh, to live day-to-day -day lives with a pure heart. A real tangible prospect. So don't believe the lie that says it's not for you or it's for some really committed Christians or it's out of reach or you need something spectacular to happen to you before you can live in a real tangible way that uh, your heart is pure. And I'm not talking about theologically, uh, you know, sometimes we use that as a cop-out. To me, if something is true theologically, then it should be true in real life. So I mean in a way that you or those who are close to you can tell that your heart is pure, where you notice a difference in the way you see things or the way you are, you know, what you're focused on, uh, etc. So that's what I'm talking about. There is a lot of happiness in knowing that our hearts uh, are pure. Honestly, there's so many things that frustrate us, that bring us down, that make us fear, uh, etc., which um, we'll, be, we'll be nowhere um, when our hearts are pure. So that's why the Bible says, blessed, happy are the pure in hearts, for they will see God. So the clue is in the verse. The pure in heart do indeed exist. So it's a real prospect for every one of us. So there have been many, many, uh, many sermons uh, in the past, and uh, there have been, uh, I mean, in talk, I'm talking about in this series where the context who Jesus is talking to, etc., uh, has been uh, explained. So I'm not going to go into that, I'm just going to go straight into it. Three things the heart, what it means uh, to be pure and seeing God. So let's just go first of all straight to the heart. W when we say the heart, what are we talking about? Okay, so do this. Place your hand on your chest. Feel the beat. Can you feel it? Okay, what's going on there? It's pumping blood around your whole body. It's the center of circulation of blood in your whole body. The Bible says that the life is in the blood. So if the life is in the blood, this, the heart is the center of life. And that's what the heart is believed to be. And not only physical life, so when we talk about physical life, the functioning of your body, your organs, your, your growing up, uh, your movements, etc. So that's your physical life. But it's not just your physical life, but the heart, this, the heart is also the center of our spiritual life. So that's our thoughts, our desires, motives, pursuits, affections, appetite, all of it. In fact, it's even behind the way we see and understand things around us. So, so, so we see the location of purity Jesus is talking about. And I really love the little cup analogy. It's the inside, deep within, the inmost part of us. And that's the location of purity Jesus talks about. And that is good news. Because if you can get that clean, 
the whole life is affected. And Jesus makes it possible for this internal effect to take place, and therefore even externally there is a difference. I want to narrow down such a massive subject as the heart uh, down, because we've got a short time and I want it to be practical. I want to focus on the motive, that part of the heart, the motive, and because it helps us understand how the heart works. So without pure motives, actions, good actions, good habits, virtues, etc., count for nothing. I'll give you a simple example. Someone gives you a, a gift and they, you know, lovely gift and you were happy. But later on you find out that the motive behind that was for a selfish reason. Perhaps they want to come and get something from you, which is why they're doing that. And the motive makes the actions nothing. But when you flip it the other way, when the motives are pure, when character and actions are flawed they're redeemed so for example you know similar example someone because they love you they value you and they think man you just need to be cheered up and know that God values you and off the back of that motive they buy you a gift if that gift is lame the motive redeems it and this is it the heart is so important so what does it mean then so we talked about the heart so what does it mean then to have a pure heart and how does it relate to motives our hearts are impure when our motives are mixed a bit of this a bit of that we don't know what our motivation is what it should be can we attain to it can we have just a single motivation and we'll get a bit confused but then we desire something else we kind of want this we kind of don't want that we kind of want this outcome etc etc and it gets oh so complicated but of course we've got life in front of us to live actions to take decisions to make etc see we sometimes call that mixed motives or divided motives mixed motives muddy our hearts mixed motives divide our hearts therefore we can maintain that purity the motives of a pure heart are not mixed and divided motives make a heart divided okay consequently we become double-minded i don't know whether you can hear all this okay so i'll just say that again the motives of a pure heart are not mixed and divided motives make a divided heart what that causes us to do is to be double-minded our perspectives get clouded and we can't see god and we miss out on what jesus has given us as believers Um, hopefully the sound is still working for you at, at home um, so I just want us to consider a particular passage that links both the heart and this dividedness I described it's in James chapter 8 so if you have your Bible today I, I don't think there are any Bible verses appearing on the screen so if you've got your Bible or your phone or whatever James chapter 8 sorry it's chapter 4 verse 8 says come near to God and he'll come near to you wash your hands you sinners and then he says purify your hearts 
So that's what we, that's our subject in consideration. Purify your heart, you double-minded. So we see the link between the two. The double-minded are those whose heart are not pure. So if you flip it the other way then, the pure in heart then is linked with being single-minded and undivided. And this is so, so true. Right. So now when we say divided then, what, what is this divide between what and what? Or when we are double-minded, what are the two sides between, you know, of this double? And this, again, this passage in James chapter 4 really helps us. And for those of you who may be resonating with what I'm saying, please take time, read James chapter 4 from verse 1 to 10, read it prayerfully, ask God to open your eyes to really get something out of it. Because it talks about this battle inside of desires. We want this, we want that, we're motivated by that, we're motivated by this. It talks about wrong motives. But the key is in verse 4, where it says, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God. Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. So what is this dividedness? Put simply, it's a divide between God and the world. Okay, so let's summarize what we've got to so far, right? Before we continue. The heart, the motive is an important component of the heart. When the motive is right, and the heart is pure, the whole life is affected. The cause of impure heart and impure motive is that mixing of motives. And this mixing is mixing between the world and God. And with that mixing, our hearts are impure and we are blinded to seeing God. We'll come to what seeing God is. Okay? So here is a description of the word world which you might find helpful. The sum of earthly possessions, comforts, pleasures, achievements, things to be proud of, etc., which stare desire, pulls people from God and creates obstacles to Christ. So, whereas on one hand, friendship with God is about knowing Him, having affection for God, listening to God, and receiving all things from God, and so on, on the other hand, friendship with the world is about feeling at home in the world. The feeling of being accepted in this world, having comforts, feeling secure, things working out well for us in this world. Now many of you are thinking, well that's just normal. Yes, but friendship of this normal we call is enmity against God. And God calls us to one thing, friendship with him. And we can't do the both together. Otherwise, it is a mixing, impurity. We are out of the will of God. I know, you see, when we're motivated uh, by the world, so sorry, when we're French, friends with the world, we're motivated and pulled and driven by comfort, by entertainment, doing well for ourselves, having a quiet life, security, fitting in, being appreciated, and so on. And there's so many ways of getting these things. And we're pulled over here, pulled over there, all this kind of stuff, and we're trying to live for God in the process. So the divide boils down to this. Do you want God and live for him, or do you want the world and live for the things of this world? Now many Christians think this is such a, 
a massive ask. People are already feeling uncomfortable. That's not my intention. I'm not trying to be this mega spiritual man. I'm just saying this is what I believe is true for us. So if you're having, you know, this struggle in your mind, oh, can I, you know, all these things, how can I, um, I'll just change my um, hopefully you can still hear me all right. Someone give me, yeah, great. So how can I really, you know, live this way for God alone? Let me just say, okay, why are you tuned into this broadcast? Because there's a part of you that wants God and to live for God alone, correct? I'm, you know, I imagine Christians around who are listening are nodding. So there's a part of you that wants to live for God. But the part you're worried about is the other part that doesn't want to live for God. But let me ask you a question. Do you like that part? No. Would you fight to protect that part? No. So it does mean that we do want to live for God. But unfortunately, we, we, we have been deceived to believe that we don't want to live for God or we can't live for God alone, etc., etc. Some of us feel that we are broken. Others feel we've got deep darkness in our hearts that, oh, it's so, you know, oh gosh, there's no way. But God says, I have given them a new heart and I have written my words upon their hearts changing our inclination yes we have areas where weak yes we there are things we don't understand yes there are areas where we where, where we lack power uh, etc and we're still learning and struggling but it doesn't change the fact that jesus has done a work in our hearts and we've got to believe that and start from there so it doesn't mean that we we then start getting fascinated by our weakness rather we should be fascinated by god's strength we don't meditate on our failure we meditate on jesus's victory for us so you know i want people to have that comfort that actually i do want god and that's our starting point and take that to have a definite commitment for living for god alone let's not just stay there let's not just leave this broadcast and go oh well great I, I want god no no let's then convert that into a definite living commitment and friendship with god because without that our, our our motives are all over the place our vision our heart is muddied our vision is blurred and we can't see god because it is the pure in heart that sees god and what does that mean seeing god it is seen more clearly the way in which god has revealed and continues to reveal himself in nature in others in the scriptures in the person of jesus christ because that's the power that we do need to be transformed away from all these things we think are a pain and you know we're struggling with so let me just summarize and let's end i'll summarize everything we've said in the following way the heart is the center of our whole life the motive is an important part of the heart's function without a clear and definite ongoing commitment to living in friendship with God alone will be motivated and pulled apart by all sorts of things in this world. This divides our hearts, making it impure. But the change Jesus has worked in us gives us the ability to live for God alone, ensuring that our lives and our hearts remain pure. The pure in heart sees God, and we shall see him when he appears on the last day as well so i want to plead with everyone give your whole self to god don't accept a divided heart this is a real prospect for every one of us so 
we'll stop there and I'll hand back to Matt.